Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed, alleluia. God be with you and also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal life, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. reading from the Acts of the, the, of the Apostles. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. And so he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home, seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, quote, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was den denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth, end quote. And the eunuch asked Philip, about whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down to the water. Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Psalm 22. My praise is of him in the great assembly. I will perform my vows in the presence of those who worship him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied, and those who seek the Lord shall praise him. May your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall bow before him. For the kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules over the nations. To him alone, all who sleep in the earth bow down in worship. All who go down to the dust fall before him. My soul shall live for him. My descendants shall serve him. And they shall be known as the Lord's forever. They shall come and make known to a people yet unborn. The saving deeds that he has done.
A reading from the first letter of John. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not what we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father has sent his son as the savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the son of God and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he, lo he first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers and sisters are liars. For those who do not love brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. Hear what the spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. The Holy Gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I was asked this week in a diocesan council meeting as we were doing our scripture study 
to reflect on a moment in my life when I came to really know Christ and felt claimed by Christ or that I had claimed Christ in my life. It's not a new question to me as a priest. We get asked this sort of thing a lot. It's fascinating to hear everyone's examples and their stories. And in reflecting on my own, I'm always drawn back to my early introduction to the Episcopal Church. My congregation in Anchorage, Alaska, which is quirky and unique in all sorts of ways. But the way in which I was embraced and loved by that community as a very young person. And I thought about the fact that when you want to become a priest, um, or when you feel called to become a priest, or when someone says hey, says, hey, I think you should be a priest, the Episcopal Church does what the Episcopal Church does best. We form committees, and a committee is formed to be a discernment committee for the person thinking of ordination. This is an interesting thing to ask a teenager to do, to identify adults within the congregation who they feel can help them in that discernment and formation. At 17, I gathered with a group of adults from my congregation to do the work of discernment. Adults who had helped formed me, who challenged me, who helped me become the adult that I am continued to walk alongside me in that moment. One of the people I had on my team, on my discernment teams, was our youth minister, or I believe her actual title was youth activities coordinator. She had started attending the congregation when I was in middle school and took on this part-time role. She actually worked at my middle school, and it was when she came to our congregation, I had that odd moment of realizing that people that work at schools have lives outside of school as well, a strange realization for most kids. In one of our discernment conversations, she said something to me that I have never forgotten. We were speaking about paths and what God called us to do. And she said something, and I think this was the first time I'd ever heard this from an adult. She said, I think that God gives us many paths and choice and agency in which one we choose, and that none of them are wrong, and that there can be many right paths for each of us. I was a teenager when she said this. And there was all the pressure and all the work that goes into getting into college, figuring out what you're meant to do. There's so much conversations about finding the right path that I'd never heard an adult speak about finding the best path for you and that there might be more than one good one. It challenged everything I had understood about what it meant to walk in God's path. This is a trap I think that the church falls into so often, believing that there is only one right way to be Christian, one right way to fulfill what God calls us to do. That language, that language of calling and fulfillment, that language of God's path, while it can be inspirational, can also be dangerous. We so often 
fall into this place, this trap as I'm describing, of categorizing things as good or bad. We categorize things as being of God or not, good or evil. It becomes a very black and white binary and dichotomy. It's something the church has done for centuries, tried to define the right way to be Christian. We become much less comfortable when we start challenging that to say that maybe there are many ways of being Christian that are right. In our gospel, we are given this familiar imagery of Jesus as the vine. And we hear the language that calls us to think of how to abide in Christ and how Christ abides in us. We, in many ways, are hearing a description of what it is to be Christian, how to be in relationship with God, how to flourish. Often when I hear scriptures where we have any sort of sense of pruning or branches that bear no fruit, I hear judgment. Judgment of branches that don't bear fruit. Judgment in the way that we have to cut off anything that does not seem perfectly aligned with the path, that one perfect path. But it's interesting if you know anything about gardening, which I don't. So I will, I'm sure, get this horribly wrong and have to have Bobby or someone else in here rescue me. But we're hearing this language of pruning, pruning even branches that bear good fruit. That's a key I don't think I ever spend that much time on in this gospel. You prune even that which is healthy and good to optimize and make what is the best situation possible for any given plant. It's usually not how I have ever been successful at gardening, but I haven't been successful with plants at all. But the idea that any individual being in its unique needs for light and water and whatever else, perhaps has to pick one of many good paths to fully flourish and grow, that that happens without judgment of all the other things that could be possible and could be good. That sometimes pruning is not about cutting off something that is bad, but making choices down one particular path. There are many good things in our lives, things that have served us, that have fed us as Christians and as people of faith, and that when we grow and change in our faith and our journey and our needs, when we let those things go because they no longer lead us down that path, does not mean that we automatically paint those with a brush of being bad or evil or sinful or unworthy of us or relationship with God. That we can prune from our lives and our faith and our Christianity that which no longer serves us. That if we can be within an expansive understanding of what it is to be a Christian, that is nuanced into the uniqueness of each of our different needs as our individual plants of this congregation with different needs for water and light and scripture and music and worship and formation, that all good things will not serve all people, 
and that God is in relationship with us in choosing and discerning our paths, our futures, and the way in which we are uniquely called to flourish, to grow. We are invited by Christ in this community of faith, in the hope of the Easter season, this resurrection season where we walk with Christ, where the tomb is empty and our lives are full of resurrection, to do the work of discerning and seeing in the resurrected Christ a reflection of ourselves, our own journeys, our own possibility and potential, to see the many right paths before us, and to gently and lovingly take ourselves in relationship with God down one of those paths. God, God is all loving and all encompassing in our lives or can be. And journeys with us, no matter where it is that we go. As a young person, I remember, and probably truthfully still now, get plagued with this idea of discerning and picking that one right path. Even I do this for us, our congregation in our life, trying to find that way in which we as a congregation will most flourish, will be the best incarnation of God and the kingdom as it can be. But there are many right ways in which we can do this. Perhaps it will take pruning things that are good. Perhaps it will take lovingly tending to places that didn't need tending before. But as I think of what this new phase will be for us, as we do this work of returning to our space and our community, I recognize that there will be tending of our community, tending of our programs and our relationships, tending of what used to serve us and what needs to serve us now. But that whatever path we go down, God will be with us. And what we prune, we can thank for its gift to our lives and our faith. And that together, we can do that work that we hear in that first letter of John to love one another, to root ourselves in that love so that we may abide with Christ. Amen. Together we join on page eight, professing our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit, and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven 
and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And virtually as we greet one another, may the peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. As I mentioned at the beginning of the service, our musicians are out as they each had their second dose of the vaccine yesterday. So we will not have an offertory today, though I do invite you to notice in our bulletin ways that you can text to give and virtually pass the plate to continue supporting the ministry and the work that we do together. And we will continue with the prayers of the people. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us your grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. We pray for those infected with the COVID-19 virus or hospitalized for treatment and for their families. We pray for those injured or killed by recent violence and for their families. We pray for those injured or killed by the stampede at the recent religious celebration in Israel and for their families. We pray for those part of the Emmanuel community who are sick or suffering in body, mind, or spirit. Andrew, Jillian Barlow, Noreen Bucknam, Jim Cameron, Glenn Crosby, Glorian Crosby, Diane Goodman, Lorna Hamill, Bob Hayward, Rosemary Howell, Peter Mackenheimer, Mary Lynn Morgan, Linda Mullen, Edith Ogden, Claire Parkinson, Pam Rhodes, Dan Rowley, Karen Rowley, Samurai, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, Don Snow, William Victory, Vivian, Ann Walsh, Julie Wiegand, Peter Wiley. Have compassion on all those who suffer from any grief and trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. 
We pray for Deanna Glenn, who died recently, for George Edward Wordley, and for those who mourn. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let life perpetual stand upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. We pray for those celebrating birthdays last week and this coming week. Bob Thorpe, Cher Hiskin, John Paulson, Emmett Maloof, Nancy McCraney, Cindy Fairstein, Margaret Philbrick, Lauren Milkey, Colin McKenna, Leanne Petchy, David Beattie, Gary Hedrick, and Matthew Williamson. Now let us pray for our own needs and those of others. Gracious and almighty God, we lift up prayers spoken and unspoken, that you may faithfully be and hear the prayers of your people, comforting them and companioning them this day and always. Amen. Together we pray as our Savior Christ has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. All right. I know we have a few birthdays. Let's see who's here. Dave, you are here. And Emmett is here. And Nancy McCraney, I believe, is here. And I think Leanne is here. Who else? Dave, you might have to remind me of who else was on that list. I'm trying to look through and see who's on today. Are there other birthdays, anniversaries? Go ahead and shout them out. Uh, Bob Thorpe, uh, uh, John Paulson, Margaret Philbrick. Um, I think we. I think yeah. everyone who's here, we've named. Though if we haven't, let us know. Are Are there any anniversaries we haven't prayed for that you're celebrating this Sunday? All right, folks. Happy birthday! It's great to have you here, and let us pray together. Watch over your children, O Lord, as their days increase. Bless and guide them wherever they may be. Strengthen them when they stand. Comfort them when discouraged or sorrowful. Raise them up if they fall, and in their hearts may your peace, which passes all understanding, abide all the days of their lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and those you pray for this day and always. Amen. Let us go forth in the name of the risen Christ. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia.